Welcome to Missing Artwork, a show that lets artists behind your favorite album art tell their story and experience in making the iconic image of the music you love. I'm your host, Michael Paul Escanuelos, and today we're talking to Vlad Sepetov, the designer behind the artwork of Kendrick Lamar's 2015 album, To Pimp a Butterfly. Two years after its March release, To Pimp a Butterfly still finds itself at the center of conversation amongst Lamar fans both old and new. The third studio album from the Compton native rapper has received unanimous praise, multiple award nominations and wins, and propelled Lamar to new heights not seen by many of his peers. More notably, To Pimp a Butterfly is an important conceptual album that was dropped during a very divided time in American culture. We really had no idea what was to come in the next two years. The album's timeless lyrical content and high production quality was a perfect soundtrack for the political shift that would face American culture following the release. During our recent trip to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, we met with Sepetov, the creative force behind the album's iconic artwork. With only a concept from Lamar and his team, Sepetov mocked up a black and white photo for the cover that portrays a group of men celebrating on the White House lawn. Although the imagery is wild in concept, the photo's level of detail delivers an authentic piece. In this episode, Sepetov goes over his process of bringing the photo to life and shines light on the fast-paced environment of this high-profile project. My name is Vladimir Sepetov. I am a freelance designer slash creative director slash photographer, et cetera, et cetera, based in Los Angeles, California. I'm 23 years old. As a creative director, Sepetov works with a variety of clients and a diverse set of design concepts. To like rewind to beyond just this album cover, like the process of like figuring out what the concept of an album cover is sort of starts way before like anything is on paper or it's just like a, it's like you have a fever dream and you wake up and you don't want to know what, what, what your album cover is going to look like. They, sometimes people like give me really generic ideas. It's like the song's called Money. It's like, we're going to put a dollar bill on the cover and it's going to be like, it's going to say money instead of like one dollar. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, cool, man. That's like, you're not really thinking that hard about what you're doing. Part of my role more and more is becoming less of a designer and more of like a creative director, which I think is sort of a, like a goofy term that everyone can Put on the resume now but it is what it is you're creatively directing these people to actually like make decisions that affect the art they're putting out and you're sort of you want to guide them to make the right decisions for example with the song money it's like what is the song about is it like about you working hard is it about like the grinding from like being rags to riches or is it actually just about being is about opulence like there's like money just that term could mean so many things you know this particular case with kendrick and tde the Butterfly record. Kendrick and his manager, Dave Free, who has a whole other, you could do probably like five podcasts on their relationship and what they do. They sort of have a leading, I'd say, leading vision in the concepts of what they want. And obviously the record is a concept record. Oftentimes, even with the TDE stuff, Dave has like a pretty dominant role in the creative direction. Um, Brett One, who's a general manager, awesome dude, really great. He also helps out with like key decisions. He actually helped out with a lot of photography in the booklet. But I would say Dave, Ke- Dave Kendrick, and Rhett and me, and there's probably other people that have significant roles that I'm sort of diluting a little bit. But we all sort of have like a leading role. But in this particular case, it definitely was 
Kendrick and Dave really coming up with the idea. For the artwork of To Pimp a Butterfly, the project began with a simple text. From the, the way it began, I think this is, I've told this story many times to my friends, but I don't think I ever told it on, on record, on tape. But I was like with my girlfriend and I think one of her friends in downtown Seattle where I was living. I was a, I was a junior in college, or a senior in college, I don't really remember. And I got a text from Dave being like, yo, are you at a computer? And it's always with, with in rap often and also just in album cover directions, you always get the like, yo text, just like, yo. And you're like, man, what, like, what's, like, what do you need? And it's like 11 p.m. on a Tuesday or something. I'm like out get, having drinks. And then I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, yo, can you get to the computer? Like, we need to like make this concept. And the concept was like, he like sent me this like 100 pixel by 100 pixel like image. And to people who don't really know how small that is, that's like the size of a stamp. Like, that's not very big for someone who's trying to make a 12 inch by 12 inch cover. He like, you're going to stretch it out. It's going to be pixelated and blurry and it's going to look shitty. He sends it, and it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a group of, it's like a gang, it's a gang members, it's like a group of gang members. I probably still have it on my computer somewhere. He's like, can you just put this on the White House lawn? And I was like, okay. And like, often with these things too, it's like really hush hush, and you, you really want to, with high profile projects, you sort of want to wait till the last minute to like really get things going, because nowadays like leaks happen, and in this case there actually was a like weird leak that happened before the album came out. So, like, I didn't know what I was even doing, what this was for. I just was like, okay, I, I'm going to go and do this. I had to, like, dip out from drinks, and it's awkward, too, like, when you're, like, hanging out with people, and you're like, I got to go. Like, I don't can't really tell you what it's about either, but it's like sort of feels like you're, like, a secret agent or something, or, like, you know, like, it's, like, state affairs or something. So I uh, went and did that, sent it to him, and I think for that process probably was they had this idea, and they needed to show it to the label, as proof of concept, just to the label isn't like, we need, we need, a, we need, like, we got to approve a budget for this and blah, blah, and we got to do this properly and we got to get a photographer and make it happen. And yeah, and that was like, that was just the initial idea, just like the very first concept that I, I assumed that it was probably more thought out in Dave and Kendrick's heads, but at the time, that's all it was. And I think it turned out from there, like the original thing I made was like just terrible. It should never come to the light of day, but it was, it was a proof of concept and it like worked, which is, I think it did its job. To Pimp a Butterfly was an album with enormous amount of anticipation. So it was no surprise that Sepetov had various layers of pressure from the project. There's a pressure in it being a big project. There's also a pressure in it being a personal project. And at the time I also hadn't really listened to much of the music. I had heard music like through like the walls of the office, you know, like I wasn't, I think there's like this, there's this romantic, romantic, idea behind album art and about this process where it's like we're gonna go in the studio and we're gonna start from scratch and blah blah and it's gonna be this process and oftentimes you don't have time to do that it's like most album covers i've worked on and this is different i have some buddies who like worked with donda and that's been like you have 500 revisions and it takes forever and like there's a big process and that's just the way kanye works but i've also worked with people who who do do it like really romantically and like they they're in the studio and they have like their quote-unquote creative director in the studio with them and helping them out. But your creative director is probably also helping out with the music and helping out with other things. In this case, in many of my cases, it's like you don't really have time to to like be in the studio listening to the music and fully understand. So the pressure on it being a personal project is huge because I'm a, I'm a little bit sitting in the dark and I don't necessarily want to do it wrong. But at the end of the day, one of the big roles that I have and the role that I hope to have to some capacity is like 
what's what's not what's it's not a pinch hitter, it's not a designator. It's like the like a it's like a like a the contract killer, you know? Like I'm not trying to be like over like I'm trying to be like the guy that comes in and finishes it. I don't know if it's like there's a I'm saying the wrong term or whatever. Like how people are like, this guy knows nothing about baseball. <laughs> like he's saying all the wrong terms. Um Yeah, it's like I think that part of my role in the end, and oftentimes it is to be there to like make things look beautiful and make things be worthwhile you know you can you can have an amazing concept like that idea of like gang members on the white house i also don't even know it was gang members i don't know i, th- I think that i'm not entirely sure this is like way back when but that idea of having this like posse on the lawn is a cool idea it's like it in, like inherently it's a cool idea but it could be super shitty you know, like it could be just like it could look bad. I think I was a junior in college, so I think there even is this like this was like my first big, big, big project. I worked on Oxymoron, which is like it went number one, and I worked on some stuff for the game really early on. I like worked on like project, like bigger projects, and I worked on tours and some you know posters and stuff like that. But I guess the pressure wasn't that I wanted to, I wasn't I was going to affect something that was uh, of such a personal nature. It was more that like because it's personal, I want to do a good job. For him to feel like like this is right, this is good, we made it. Following the approval of the concept, Sepetov was tasked with fully creating the vision Lamar and his team had. We had some photos. We had like five gigs of photos, and like a really great photographer. He shot the photos, and we sort of needed to like get a. We sort of there's a lot of compositing that happened, and it like I don't like when I. When you, whenever you do like a thing like a, make a piece of work that's like pretty high profile, it's it's that like that there's what people that say like like don't look at the reviews, don't do it. But there's like this morbid curiosity I have where I'm like I need to see what people are saying. There was like I think a couple of Reddit threads and there was a couple like forum threads that were like, did this happen? Is this real? And I was like, it's I'm glad that you guys think that like the compositing job was good enough to be considered real. But on the flip side. This would never happen. Like, no one's allowed on the White House lawn. I'm not sure where you had this idea that, like, anyone can go on the White House lawn and pose for a photo, but dope. But uh, the process really was we had, a, we had a lot of photos, needed to get a good White House photo, and the process sort of began, and especially with this, there, we had a lot of great photography in general. So I'm working on concepts for the booklet. I have, like, just dummy copy for the credits we have some photos. I've printed out these things. We also want to do something. We have these like proof of concepts to like do vellum pages and vellum is like a sort of see-through paper that's like has like a matte feeling to it and we wanted to print on that. There's um, some braille that exists that uh, in the in the booklet and I think in some of the like marketing material that we wanted to we wanted to emboss some things. So I was working on the booklet and I was working on the the cover and I was sort of like doing all these things at once. For Sepetov, this project fell into his lap during his time as a student. This created many new challenges for the designer as he worked towards completing both the album art and his classes. For a project like this, you probably don't want it to be online too much. You want it to be like probably physical files that like no one can take or whatever. So I got a call being like, hey, we got to get this done in the next five days. And I was like, okay. Cool. Like, let me know what's up. And I was like, can you get on a flight in three hours? And I was like, uh, I have class. And it got to a point 
where I, I was, I think I flew down maybe three times. I was in a really tracked program. I had like, I was only in, I had like three strong classes I had to do and we like had critiques and we had like big, pro- it was like you were in the class and you had like a big project. You didn't have like small homework assignments. It was like this big project that you worked on and you had a critique and blah, blah, blah. So, and the way my program worked was like, if you miss four days, you have to retake the course next year. And the way it, it, it's tracked out, so it's like, it's not retake the course like next quarter, it's like retake the course like in one full calendar year. I was like, yo, can you get on the flight? And I was like, yo, I'm, I, yes, I wanna do this. I, hell yeah, like, let's go. I wanna get this done. Like, this is gonna be, this is gonna be like a really great, a learning, great learning experience, but also it's gonna be like a, it's just gonna be fun. But I was like, you need to get me back to Seattle Monday before 7 a.m. because I have to make my critique. I was doing this back and forth thing, and I remember I also couldn't talk to anyone about it except for my girl. It was like me and my girlfriend. I was like the only person. Like I just was like, I have to go work on a thing. And and then when it finally, like the album came out and I was able to talk about it, my professors like didn't get it because I was doing a lot of like, I was like, it had an interaction design pro- like project and like a website design. It was just it's sort of like schoolwork stuff, and it's like good learning, but like it didn't really make sense that I w- what I was doing, and uh, it only took until Kendrick was on the cover of Rolling Stone that one of my professors was like, "I get why you were busy. Like <laughs> I understand why you were stressed out." When compositing a concept like this, Sepetov needed to be creative in how he constructed the authenticity of the photo used on the album cover. From the beginning, it was going to be black and white. And the initial ideas for the booklet, we also want to do some foil stuff that ended up getting nixed. But I had sort of developed this palette of like this lightish gray gold, which you can see throughout the booklet and like on the physical packaging. And just sort of this like sort of, I would say like a muted black and white. The hardest thing really, thank God that my girlfriend is like a 3D, like an industrial designer. She like has a good sense of like lighting and shadow and how to like place things. But we had this White House photo and then we had this, this photo in the studio. And like the White House photo was like overhead lighting, and then the the photo that we had was like direct lighting, like from like the front. And also scaling is weird because you're like, I don't know how big these people are supposed to be, like, and how far down are they supposed to be, and like, I don't know. It was like this process of like trying to really understand. You also need to like start thinking about like, well, when this goes to print, also certain things are going to be like like properly color things, so it's not doesn't print out too dark. The big thing that ends up happening, and this is like a big, this is ended up being a big process, and it was great, and I'm glad we went through through it, and I'm glad they like took my suggestion. Was when you do compositing in Photoshop, for the most part, it looks fake. Like it just looks like most people. Some people are really great at it, and it's not my. I don't. That's not my job. There are people out there who can like, you know, put an elephant on the moon, and it looks like there's an elephant on the moon. And there, but there, even then, there also is this like vibe where it feels a little bit like that was photoshopped. Like that doesn't look real. And a big thing that I had was, I was like, I have to make this look real somehow. So we ended up going, I remember like going with uh, one of the assistants to like Kinko's, or not Kinko's, like went to like Staples or something and got like four different kinds of like photo paper. We like, I think we bought a printer, like brought a printer in, we like printed out like so many options. And then I was like, okay, we're we're gonna drag this on the floor they're going to take a photo of it in raw edit it from there print that so you so it's like so it's like print like scuff up photo edit print scan 
and it's I think it helped out a lot. It flattened out some of the stuff, which I think helped helped it. And if you look at the original file, we actually have a color version of it on my computer, and it's like wild. It looks like insane. <laughs> the nice thing too about it is that like it's supposed to feel like a photo, you know, it's supposed to feel like a photo you'd find in a in a frame of your house. And if even now, if you zoom zoom in super close, because we ended up taking it, printing it, and scanning it, and all that stuff. You can't get a ton of detail on the like interfaces. You have to like it's sort of the there's like the CMYK halftone going on. Like you, you it's not super super crisp, which I I think is nice. It adds something to it. Even before the album's release, Sepatov knew that what he was creating was important. You know when you say a word enough times, and then you're like, what is the v- modern language? You like will say a certain word over and over and over again. And you're like that. I don't even understand the meaning of it anymore. And I was, it's the same thing here. I would look to this thing for so long. There's a great inter- interview um, with the Donda creative director, and he helped out with um, Cruel Summer. But he talked about how, like, the the cover of that is like a sculpture. It's like the fate, the sculpture for you know Cruel Summer. He's like, I looked at that woman's like the sculpture, the face, more than I looked at like any other woman in my life you know like he was just staring at this thing all the time because he was like oh, i need to fix the bridge of the nose i need to like widen her face and it took him forever and, and the same thing goes here where like it just you look at this thing for so long people hated it people loved it and i think at the time the feeling that i had was like this is important and i should be proud that this is important and i don't really need to worry about what everyone else thinks there's like a there's a couple of things in here that like i definitely should have done better but at the end it's just like you made something cool just be proud of it it's been positive and it still has been positive like i still i'm still talking about it you know and it's been like a definitely a calling card for for me and super i'm very blessed and feel very grateful that i like even took part in it and like again thanks to dave and rhett and kendrick and to all the people that like were part of it Missing Artwork is a collaboration of Chris Lantinen and myself, Michael Paul Escanuelos. We are part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts, which represents other great shows like Pilot Study and Vinyl Crawl. Check out modern-vinyl.com to see the latest vinyl news, features, and to find out more information about our podcast family. Thank you to Mark Redito for our theme music. And of course, thank you to Vlad Sepetov for talking with us. You can see more of his work at vsepetov.com, V-S-E-P-E-T-O-V.com. We are still in our podcast infancy, so please go and subscribe to our show on iTunes or whatever podcast service you favor, and leave a review telling us how much you love us and the show. Then go share us with your friends. We're always on the hunt for new listeners. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Missing Artwork or at Modern Vinyl. Thank you for listening. Thank you.
It's not my fault.